There's no secret formula for scaling support and boosting customer satisfaction. But there is the all-new service hub from HubSpot. It makes it infinitely easier to scale customer support and increase retention. By bringing service and support together in one powerful platform, you can deliver the best experiences for your customers and your teams. Free up time for your reps to focus on complex issues with an AI-powered help desk. Proactively drive retention with customer health scores that help keep your business ahead, stopping churn in its tracks. And give your entire go-to-market team the data they need to operate as one unified, powerful front. Also, you can better connect with customers and keep them happy. Secrets out. HubSpot Service Hub is a game changer. Visit HubSpot.com service to do more for your customers today. All right. Good morning, everyone. It's Tuesday, December 5th. I'm John Wigel here with Rob Litterst, and this is the Hustle Daily Show. A difficult day for many in tech as Spotify laid off about 17% of its employees this morning. Despite their first profitable quarter since 2021 and a big user increase, the audio streaming company still parted ways with a large chunk of its workforce. We'll chat about these layoffs and more importantly, what they're doing to the psyche of these workers. But before we get there, let's get you up to speed with everything else making headlines in business and tech today. Alaska Airlines is buying Hawaiian Airlines in a $1.9 billion deal. The new company is going to maintain both airline brands. It's going to combine the two carriers that share overlapping routes in the $8 billion Hawaiian market. So a lot of money to be made in the Hawaiian skies. In music news, we got a few music updates here. First, starting with TikTok. TikTok's Ticketmaster feature is now available in 20 new countries. After launching in the U.S. this last year, users across markets like the U.K., France, and Mexico will be able to purchase event tickets directly in the TikTok app. This is a really cool thing for artists, I think. It's easy to get people to buy your tickets now instead of having them type in a link, paste that link to Ticketmaster and get there in a roundabout kind of fashion. This kind of takes you directly to there, which is nice. The jury's kind of out on terms of what Ticketmaster's got going on right now, how they're monopolizing the ticket industry. But, you know, for artists, this is great. Big fan. Speaking of being a big fan, one of my favorite live bands, Kiss, is officially done touring. They closed out 50 years of live shows with a show last Saturday at Madison Square Garden on December 2nd. Though, fear not, everybody, because Kiss will live on forever as the band announced that they will officially have Kiss digital avatars coming soon. This is amazing. Isn't it ridiculous? (laughs) It is completely ridiculous and amazing. I mean, I feel like the first time I saw one of these... Wasn't it like the Super Bowl? Wasn't there like a Tupac hologram or something like that? Yes. The hologram thing has been around for a little while. It's been in other countries. Like ABBA has a digital band now called the Voyage Experience. So they're doing it. It's just the first US band that's ever done it, which is fascinating. And I honestly, I can't put it past Kiss. Years ago, they've been doing many interviews, Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley, about what they're going to do, you know, when they turn 75 and are just simply too old to do this anymore. Right. They talked about replacing themselves with younger people under their masks and just continuing the band. But I guess they just landed on making digital versions of themselves and putting up concerts around the world. Yeah. I mean, there's performing and then there's doing what Kiss does on stage. And I feel like this is super smart for them. I feel like it's something that a lot of artists are going to be able to leverage going forward. 
I am a little bit dubious about like how excited will people be to go see a digital concert? How is it going to impact willingness to pay for tickets? Mm-hmm. I'm curious to see how it's working for ABBA. Has it been successful for ABBA? It seems like it has been. I don't exactly have any figures on it, but I will say that the ABBA Voyage Experience, what it's called, at least the avatars were created by George Lucas's special effects company nice. and Pop House Entertainment Group. And those are the same people that are doing Kisses stuff. So I imagine it must have gone really well for them to want to just do it again like this. They're in good company, man. That's awesome. Next up, moving to space. Virgin Galactic shares tanked a little over 14% yesterday following news that the founder, Richard Branson, will no longer invest in it, his own company. Still, the space travel company says it has enough funding to launch its passenger spacecraft Delta in 2026. So uh, clock's ticking. About two years and a month until we get to see some passenger space travel, it seems like. We'll put a big question mark on that and get back to it then, I guess. And finally, in what is probably the most harmless Florida man news <laughs> we've ever produced, a Titanic superfan based in Florida is trying to collect one million VHS copies of the movie. He currently has about 2,500 copies, each of which has two VHS tapes. And the quick math on this says he'd ultimately need to store about 33.6 thousand cubic feet worth of videotapes if he does get 1 million copies. Rob, how many copies of Titanic on VHS do you own? Just asking for a friend. This is an amazing question because I actually do own Titanic on VHS. And I also really like the way that you queued that up because it is probably the most harmless headline I've ever seen from Florida. And no offense to any listeners from Florida, but what's that old joke? Oh, like you got to search Florida man and your birthday yeah. and then you find just some ridiculous article. Yeah, I, I forget what mine was, but it was something about somebody taking like a tank on a rampage in like a town, <laughs> something to that effect. Yeah. But this one, you know, if your birthday was on this day, good for you. All right. Now, on to our main story of the day. As we know, Spotify laid off about 17% of its workforce, including about 1,500 employees. Now, you know, tech companies have accounted for over 250,000 layoffs just this year, and that's via layoffs.fyi. And we're inevitably starting to see the emotional fallout of the workers from these intense layoffs from various companies like Spotify, Meta, and many others. Rob, what's your take on all this? Yeah, I mean, I think the crazy thing with these layoffs are that it seemed to come after good news. Mm -hmm. They had a really positive earnings report. I think things are seemingly going well for Spotify, yet they still laid off almost 20% of their workforce. And I mean, I think for me, it's just indicative of how much a lot of these companies tended to overhire during those days, kind of leading up to the pandemic of like 2019 going into like 2021. And I think we've seen a lot of layoffs, a lot of workforce reductions over the last few years. And I think it's probably partly a result of that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think the biggest surprise here is just that it seems like things are going pretty well at Spotify, yet they're still making these cuts, I think, in an effort to probably get closer and closer to profitability. Yeah. I mean, that is the biggest thing about this is profitability, it seems like, because this is weirdly their also most profitable quarter since 2021. And they also had a layoff earlier this year of about 8% of their workers. I mean, they are profitable now, but I guess they're looking to even get more profitable next year and the year after, it seems. Yeah. I think they showed a 26% increase in their monthly active users, which 
is insane considering how many users Spotify already has. Crazy. The bigger you get, obviously, the harder it is to hit really big percentage increases. And Spotify just continues to raise the bar there. Yeah. They saw 16% year-over-year lift in both premium subscriptions and advertising revenue. And obviously, if you use Spotify, then last week you saw the Spotify wrapped, which is just an absolute yeah. viral marketing powerhouse. Oh, yeah. So things seem to be going pretty well here. Yeah, things seem to be going pretty well, but it seems like with Spotify and a lot of other tech companies, these layoffs just keep happening. And, you know, of course, job dissatisfaction is actually at a three-year low and still going down. Yeah, I mean, I think what's interesting about these layoffs and just kind of the general context of workers and tech and everything over the last few years is, I think a couple of years ago, it was almost impossible for tech companies to find new talent. There was all of this kind of like quiet quitting going on. And mm -hmm. it seemed like workers held kind of all the cards a couple of years ago. At least that's what the optics kind of looked like as we were talking about it. Mm -hmm. And you fast forward to this year and last year, and I mean, you start to see some of these companies lay off employees and it's very clear, I think, that these companies not only hold the cards, but also that a lot of these companies really did overhire. I mean, I think the most glaring example of these types of layoffs is what Elon Musk did when he took over Twitter or now X. It seemed like he almost let go of the entire company. Pretty much. Yeah, he cuts so many jobs. And I mean, it's still complete chaos over there, but the app is still running. And depending on who you talk to, I mean, I know some people think that it's just gone to hell. I talk to other people who think that the app is better than ever. So I think that kind of gives a lot of these kind of leaders at, at some of these tech companies more confidence that, you know, maybe we did overhire and maybe we do have an opportunity to save some costs and get closer to profitability. Unfortunately, it comes at the expense of people's jobs. And to your point, I think that's obviously going to have an impact on worker psyche. And objectively, if you're a tech worker, you probably felt more comfortable and more stable in your position a few years ago than you do today. Yeah, for sure. And it's an epidemic, it seems like. Yeah. And we'll see if this continues into 2024. I know there have been a lot of messaging from you know CEO Daniel Eck about how they were planning to actually do smaller layoffs in 2024 and 2025, but decided to just get it all done this year. So, I mean, we'll see. And obviously, we'll be here to update you on all that. But yeah. And I think to your point, you know, Daniel Eck mentioning how they wanted to handle this and, and what they were thinking about. It's been about five years since Spotify went public. It's not totally rare for a company to go kind of into profit hacking mode as a public company and after having been public for about five years. Honestly, I think they could take a page out of Netflix's book and raise their prices more frequently. They raised prices earlier this year for the first time in a while. And even that raise was really barely anything. Yeah. Spotify has a ton of pricing power. And I mean, I think, you know, you get people hooked on using your app and your services it's really unlikely, in my opinion, that a ton of people would jump from Spotify to Apple Music if Spotify raised their prices yeah. a little bit. I mean, Netflix has made this kind of like a recurring thing. And I think they've kind of gotten their subscribers accustomed to this happening like every year, every two years or whatever yep. the cadence is that Netflix has, where people just know that prices are going to go up at some point. And Spotify, I think, has an opportunity to raise their prices quite a bit or at least add more and more tiers that I think could help them monetize better. Mm -hmm. And they really haven't done that. I mean, to their credit, I think they've really tried to create a great value equation for their subscribers. But I do think if they're looking to push for profitability, they have a lot of room to raise their prices. I'm a Spotify subscriber. I do not see myself leaving anytime soon. I'm mm -hmm. continually impressed by what they're doing. So next time they want to push for profitability, I'd recommend they do that too.
Yeah. You mentioned Netflix. A couple of others have raised their prices this year as well. I mean, it just seems like the thing that they need to do in order to stop firing people and also to um, equitably pay musicians as well. Totally, Their rates for paying musicians are notoriously low, even among streaming services. So a price raise may even be what the doctor ordered this time. Yeah, I like it. All right. Well, that'll do it for us today. Thank you for tuning in to the Hustle Daily Show. We are a proud part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. Our editor today is Robert Hartwig and our executive producer is Darren Clark. We got a lot more tech and business coverage in our newsletter. If you're not subscribed to that, go get yourself signed up at thehustle.co slash email. See you tomorrow, everybody. Hey, everybody, I got a great podcast to tell you about. It's called Truth, Lies, and Work, and it's brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. On this show, you can join husband and wife team Alan, Leanne, Elliot as they dispel myths, impart wisdom, and answer all your questions about finding, keeping, and motivating great people. They actually just did an episode with John Smith, who is the manager and agent of famous Argentinian soccer player Diego Maradona. He talks about in this episode how he was able to manage the global superstar athlete celebrity that Maradona is and was. It's a great listen. You better get out there and check it out. And you can listen to Truth, Lies, and Work wherever you get your podcasts.